You're listening to an Indiesaurus production. I've not learned music. It's Just the good stuff, baby. Wonderful. That, that'll do, pig. <laughs> that'll, that'll do. do. That'll do, donkey. I used to watch uh, Babes so much as a kid. I think like that and Ace Ventura Pet Detective were like the two movies I like. I think I owned Babe, but I know I remember I remember renting Pet Detective uh, from Blockbuster the most. Is it a talking animals thing? or Along with Mr. Limpet. So maybe it, Some Don Knotts no, action. <laughs> which I thought was a Disney property, but no. No, no just, a, just a weird guy. Just a weird guy <laughs> and an animated fish. Also, Tyler, no animals talked in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh. He talks to the animals. <laughs> they don't hear him necessarily. For some he reason, talks... I was conflating Ace Ventura with Dr. Doolittle. I don't know why. Oh. Well, animals, animals, I guess. Little capuchin monkey. Yeah. Yeah. The dog talks in Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Yes. Only the dog. <laughs> Only the dog. That's Dr. Doolittle's his powers. You can talk to that one lab that sounds kind of like, I want to say Bill Murray, but it's probably not. Owen Who's the lab? Oh, was that Wow. Um, <laughs> Hi, yeah. folks. Welcome to episode 162 of Podcast Little, uh, the Dr. Doolittle podcast. We <laughs> thought this about... was a Stuart Little in which the mouse talks. Yeah, it's true. Just, every every character in a movie who can talk to an animal is a Dr. Doolittle relative. They're all related. <laughs> I'm going to make a make a crappy clickbait Facebook video where I'm like all of these movies are connected. Are you ready? And then just spray a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Disney's Robin Hood, Dr. Doolittle. Disney's Robin Hood. They're they're Doolittle. I'm going to go submit on IMDb Trivia that Eliza Thornberry was named Eliza because uh, Eliza Doolittle is a reference to My Fair Lady. And, you know, she could talk to animals. That's that's what it was. (laughs) The fox that says chaos reigns and antichrist. Uh, (laughs) It's it's a Dr. Doolittle sequel. Frank the Pug. Welcome to episode 162 of Radish, (laughs) not the other show. I was I was pulling your leg, yanking your chain. Sorry, we're not uh, the other show. We're not the other show. <laughs> we we could be for the right price. Uh, I'm Pot Will. Tart, Pass little. Pot Tart. Pot Tart. Just a Pop Tart review podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy good. I'm Will. I'm your host this week. <laughs> Will Elefunk Far. God damn it! You stole my opening <laughs> again. Uh, two for two. This is hold on, gonna pick it real Weezer. quick. I I have to <laughs> I have to find a set. Uh uh oh. Uh da 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 da. Uh, Wormtown Sean. There we go. What's that? It's it's, <laughs> it's still it's still fish. It's now fish July. We're bleeding into it because there's so much, and I can't stop. Someone help me. Fish uh, July goes on for eleven weeks. Yeah, it goes on it for eleven weeks, ends. and it's yeah. There's a they have a track called Wormtown Jam, which is probably the most Zappa that band ever gets. Ooh, we do love a Zappa. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm Tyler. Uh, fastballs the way Mank. <laughs> Speaking Great of things song. I consumed too often, concer- to a concerning amount as a child. Whippets. Loved fastballs the way. <laughs> Who doesn't? Great song. Of course. Uh, uh, two old people just abandoning everything. <laughs> on purpose or not? No one knows. On purpose. <laughs> I don't know. They made up their minds. <laughs> and they got to talking. Old people love just walking away. <laughs> they left before the sun came up that day. Uh, we got some good news. Um, a lady, I believe they're looking for, we got some good news. A lady. (laughs) I want to say it was a lady who held, but I I genuinely don't know. I can't tell anything. A person with jeans. Is it a lady? Okay. Yeah. Um, we got good news. It's a lady. (laughs) It's in a a big hoodie. In a big hoodie and a hat and sunglasses, held a big cardboard sign in front of the tour de France. <laughs> in front of the Peloton. Just like, this was right at the beginning of the. I watched this live as it was happening in, in all oh, of its man. glory. Um, yeah, so I guess this lady was trying to pose for a picture, stood a little too far in the way because they just don't put up barriers for this, apparently. Um, Why wouldn't you? I guess it would cost separate... a lot of money. To put a barrier, well, do take it for them the up whole, and put them down. The whole Tour de France, but for the for the opening, <laughs> yeah, totally fair. <laughs> so she was holding out a sign, trying to get a picture. Got clocked by the race leader, who was expected to do really well. Uh, who just everyone, just a pile of bikes and body parts. He got hit with this sign the same way the Joker does in the Joker movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's not even looking at the race. She's trying to get on camera with her big cardboard sign mm-hmm. and just sticks it out in front of everyone and causes I... an absolutely magnificent domino effect. So when I saw the the footage on Twitter, I didn't know what the sign said. I hadn't I didn't take a moment to like realize, but it says Ale Opi Omi, which apparently uh, translates to "Come on, Granddad, Granny." <laughs> it means I'm gonna goof up this race. <laughs> so while she's saying, like, was she out there, like, "Hey, you know, grandparents, I'm here at the Tour de France." Her grandparents were in it. <laughs> They're sprinters. She hit him with the sign. <laughs> Obi Omi. I just love the title of this this headline. It's like they just can't find her. Yeah, she, she fled the country. She According fled the, to the French the police, she's untraceable, and she's a foreign nationality. So she popped over to tour to France, wrote a sign that says "Come on, Grandpa," and <laughs> ruined the tour to France, and then left. She, I mean, if that's honestly, not good news. I don't know what it is. She got the like hell out of there. Um, honestly, ISIS hasn't taken credit for a lot of things recently, so maybe they'll just grab this. <laughs> That was that was one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> they can't find her. ISIS will be like, yeah, it's whatever. It's ours now. The you picture. Know, I'm gonna drop this picture in our chat. The picture of the cyclist sitting around in the aftermath looks like something from like war torn <laughs> National Geographic. <laughs> 
You put a Shokin Farewell behind that photo and just move slowly across the, to the right uh, and have it in black and white. That's a Ken Burns documentary, baby. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like a bomb has gone off. <laughs> but this I guy just fell off it. a bike. It was posted in. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not even kidding here. Uh, the bicyclists, of course, all got very mad at this. And out of they're protest, they're doing the rest of the race really slow. And I'm not even kill- kidding. They're just taking their time. Uh, now that's the good protest. news. Yeah. The cyclist union is formed. <laughs> yeah. they're, like, they're like, guys, this has got to be safer. There's nothing between us and these people. Leave it to the French. I, I The balls would be like, we'll show you. We'll make the Tour de France more boring. <laughs> 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 we'll ride an even more straight line. <laughs> Tour de France would be a lot cooler if they did those tricks where they like laid down flat on the bike and like, like Superman or like stood on the handlebars, <laughs> but they never do that. <laughs> Tour de France would be much cooler if it was drag racing motorcycles. Yeah. One year, they should just put a ramp at the end of it. <laughs> Just put a ramp on the Champs Elysees, and you have to jump the Arc de Triomphe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the whole wants, tour like, is eat. just you gaining speed. <laughs> I'm going 190 miles an hour. <laughs> the Tour de France uh-huh. is a special time of year for me uh, because it's the one time I see cyclists on the road, and I don't get filled with blinding rage. <laughs> These guys on the Tour de France, they're taking up the middle of the lane, too. <laughs> just, they're just... taking up so much of the road. I imagine a little guy in a little Citroën right behind him just, like, screaming his head off. <laughs> he had a I presentation that morning and got stuck behind the Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> Get into work, guys. You will not believe the commute I had today. <laughs> I work in Roswell, so... Was... <laughs> that guy must have been losing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like this is a pretty good bike crash it is the second best bike crash i've seen <laughs> there is an incredible one a couple of years ago it wasn't the tour de france uh i forget where it was but it they was had like people. a pace car basically in front of the bike race and the pace car stalled <laughs> <laughs> oh no and they're all like right up on it just waiting for it to pull out of the way and like it just stalls and then like 200 like a tidal wave of bikes comes <laughs> as people are just hitting the back of this pace car as hard as they can and the bikes are getting thrown up over the front of the car <laughs> it's so I'm sorry it doesn't look people, real but... <laughs> i'm gonna send it over oh no oh god it's a is it the pace motorcycle oh it's a motorcycle oh, yeah it's like a pace scooter they've got set up here. <laughs> uh, I just I just dropped it here in the chat. If I could get your live reaction, it's only thirty <laughs> seconds long. Boy, do they really hit this thing! <laughs> oh, they got the lively quality. Oh no! <laughs> oh! It's like a tidal wave of people after that. It's like they're all doing pretty well, but as soon as one guy goes down, they all lose it. (laughs) Jesus. I love the guy's expression. 
as his bike stalls. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh no, 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 no. I'm about to make this everyone's problem. <laughs> For paced motorcycle stalls, you just become a part of the Tour de France by that point. You got to keep going. That's just a bike. <laughs> it's just a bike now. You're qualified. Get in there. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our turf. Uh, that's the good news this week. Do we got show and tells? Oh, yeah, I got some. Boy, do we. The song's got to play. That's no, fine. I've already, I've already edited it in. I just think they're neat. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, what have you brought for the class this week? Um, so I am finally talking about music. I know I am an episode late, but... That's your show um, and tell is music? Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if people remember, people who listened to Radish back when Andrew, rest in peace, was on the podcast, he brought photography as a show and tell <laughs> once. So yes, my show and tell is music. No, we all had um, a nebulous show and tell. Yeah, we, we all have. Uh, my, uh, my show it tells actually an album called Call Me If You Get Lost. Um, I, I know people who listen to the show will be very surprised to learn that when I was in high school and in early college, I was a big fan of Tyler, the creator and Odd Future. Weird, I know, you know, being a white guy who grew up in an affluent suburb liking Odd Future. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and also sorry to the, uh, teenagers who are now canceling radish because i admitted to listening to early tyler the creator you son but, of a bitch <laughs> call me if you get lost uh his sixth album if you can believe it um for those familiar with his work you know talking about kind of early tyler and, and odd future and stuff uh around flower boy which was his fifth album uh you guys probably know huge tonal shift towards more deep personal lyrics up to musicality in uh, the production and stuff uh, more genre bending than purely just rap, which culminated in him getting a Grammy, whatever that's worth, um, for Igor uh, in a few years ago, which, funnily enough, was probably the album he rapped on the least. Uh, but he got yeah. the uh, the Grammy there. Um, and uh, he turned around. Uh, this album is, is centered more firmly in rapping. Uh, it's a lot like Wolf, which is my favorite album uh, by Tyler, the creator. He just fucking goes on a lot of these songs, which uh, which I like. Uh, it's styled after a Gangsta Grills mixtape. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, ever listen to Gangsta Grills mixtapes with, with DJ drama like going on and doing all the fun ad-libs and stuff. It's, it's actually pretty funny. There's an ad-lib where he goes on and he's like, I'm on a yacht in the Mediterranean, models eating French vanilla ice cream. We got our toes out. Call me if you get lost. Like, that was the ad-lib, and I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Nice. Um, it's uh, His production on here is fantastic. He did like 99% of the production himself. Uh, it's pretty on par with his latest albums. It's like a mixture of, of hard-ass, um, kind of like, you know, a Gangster Girls mixtape mixed with like light, breezy, bossa music. Like it's, it's, it's really fun. Um, like a bossa nova out. beat? Yeah, bossa nova beat. Check out uh, his <laughs> BET performance. Uh it's, it's like a hilarious pantomime act. He rolls up on stage, and it, the stage is like all decked out like it's a Wes Anderson film. He gets out of a car, and he's performing the entire song walking against a gale force wind. 
So it's just like him rapping, just walking against the Gale Ford. Like he has a vintage suitcase that flies open and money flies. Like it's great. It's great. Check it out. He's definitely a performer. Um, if you're a scholar of music, I say nope. even if you're not uh, if you're not into rap, definitely give this a listen because it's going to be on a lot of people's top tens this year, uh, including mine. So um, that's my review. Sorry, I'm not a music guy, so I'm 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 not. Uh, I, I probably can't speak to it as well as as a lot of other folk, but I really enjoyed this album, and I've listened to it three times since it's come out last week. It, it's 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 fantastic. So definitely check it out. Yeah, throw it on. I was my favorite, so. That's oh well, then, then you're gonna like this one. Wolf's, Wolf's really good. Wolf's a good, good album, man. Yeah, it is. It is. Sean, do you have uh, do you have the records in story? Or probably not. But no. Yeah, we uh, we've received several calls. Um, but they're a good Christian know. store. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's uh, with when artists do stuff like this, it's like either they'll like surprise drop an album, and then you know we'll get it months and months later or you know they'll announce it and we'll have it you know around the street date and this is the former so i i've checked every day i've worked so far to see when this is coming out because god igor sold like crazy like not a day goes by we don't sell a tyler album wow um suburbs uh, (laughs) affluent suburbs exactly it's the (laughs) suburbs um but yeah it's uh i haven't seen that this is getting pressed quite yet but i'm sure it will by the end of the year, I don't know and I will Tyler listen to. It. I'll, I'll I'll try it out. I'm still pretty unfamiliar with Tyler's music. I think I the last uh, I remember Yonkers. <laughs> and well, that's, off, <laughs> that's off Bastard. That's off the first one. Yeah, no, that's off. Uh, the, I remember that's off Goblin, isn't it? Yeah, it's off Goblin. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, because that, wow. that was like his. I remember listening to Yonkers and being like, "This is not for me," and I think I tried. Scumfuck Flower Boy, and I think I might have tried Igor too, but no, I listened to Cherry Bomb. I think Cherry um, Bomb's pretty, pretty niche. <laughs> the Cherry Bomb's it's not an acquired fantastic. taste, and and he, yeah. he he admitted that himself. That's kind of his transition album between mm. his like early, very rough around the edges, very questionable lyric stuff, mm. uh, to now kind of his like art house Tyler um, that that he's kind of doing right now, the genre bending R and B and and all that. Okay. I should try it out. I just I haven't been in a hip hop mood recently. Um, hey, but it sounds fair. like this could change that. Yeah, I mean it's not even it's not even super hit. Like like I said, it's definitely a lot like Wolf, which is definitely a part of that first era of just rough around the edges, going fucking hard, and the lyrics are like whoa. Um, yeah. But it takes into account the fact that he's amazing at production now, and it's definitely mm. a lot better. And uh, also, he kind of is still in the same headspace as the last few albums. So it's it's not the, you know, s- lyrics that I cannot repeat on this podcast or else I will get canceled kind of lyrics. I'll do it. I'm, I'm sick of <laughs> doing this show. <laughs> and now I'll read all of Yonkers. <laughs> Tron Cat is the one that you'd probably need to read to get us all canceled. But, um, oh, yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah, check it out. Did he make a he made name a song after Thundercat's cat? I think it's the other way around, probably. Yeah, I think it might be the other way around. Oh. Troncat's Goblin? Or yeah. Yeah, I think so. I believe it is. Because I haven't I haven't listened to Bastard much. 
So nah. that's the one I know the least about. So if it's a song I don't know, it's usually off that one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I like the, uh, much like the Gizverse, there is kind of like an alternate, uh, I would say like kind of self-contained story yeah. of the albums, which is kind of cool. He does like characters can... for all his albums. The one he's doing for this one is he calls himself Tyler Baudelaire, which you'd think is after the, the uh, what, what's a series the, of unfortunate events, series of unfortunate yeah. events but it's after uh, a pretty prolific French poet who was in the like romantic period so apparently he draws oh, a lot yeah, of themes from I that i think i have one of his books there you go there you go sean this is this is that's what turns you on to tyler the creator he um, was uh, i think he's talking about he wanted to like be like a filmmaker like director before mm-hmm. he did this he's he's he knows his crap i'm excited yeah. Yeah. he works hard he's, he's a hard worker that's for sure um he ex starbucks partner tyler the creator that's true <laughs> that's, that, that's that was true. your in <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean, what'd you bring for us this week? I uh, uh, spoke 10 minutes about jam bands last week. So this week I'm speaking uh, 90 seconds about uh, a show I've watched halfway through and you can too. Uh, well, by the point this is out, it'll be uh, uh, what? Four out of six episodes. So three quarters of the way through. Um, but it is Loki, the new Disney plus Marvel series. Uh, which has been so far very entertaining, mm-hmm. super cool. Um, the cast includes, of course, Tom Hiddleston as Loki. It's got Owen Wilson, uh, Sophia DiMartino, uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra. It's just a very tight crew um, with a very cool premise about, like, you know, the last time we saw Loki was at, at what, the midpoint of Endgame when he grabbed the Tesseract and just, like, bopped himself out of there mm-hmm. so everything that we saw see happened to loki and infinity war uh and ragnarok does not happen and now we have this loki who is a variant from the true timeline and now the tva is after him and also after another version of him so he kind of they bring him in in like a hannibal lecter type sense and so he can try and find the variant loki uh and the second episode was enough for me to be like, oh, this is better than both WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, and I feel pretty confident that by the end of the series, I'll be still feeling the same. It's, it's super fun. It's got a great style, great premise. Um, I've been really enjoying the Nerdist videos uh, hosted by Dan Casey, I believe his name, um, where they just go through all the Easter eggs of each episode. Super fun. Um, and yeah, I I don't know where this series is going to end up, but I'm very excited to see where it does uh, because I feel like it's going to play into the next Ant-Man movie um, as well as potentially Doctor Strange. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, I, I, that's Loki. Can I give a little ethics uh, disclaimer that we, we are a little biased because the writer of Loki did go to our high school. Just so just yeah. that's our NPR... Full disclosure. <laughs> I don't think that's ethics. Giving, I think that's ethics. just like a we're, little we're humble brag. No, yeah, no, that's it's, a flex. It's, it's conflict that's a of flex. interest. <laughs> we're, we aren't just because. Yeah, if you pull up the yearbooks, you can probably find some. That's all. I did the same thing before Hades too. Uh, yeah, but creator, no, just because. I I only knew his brother, but yeah, the the I knew of his brother, but yeah, the creator Michael Waldron. Um, apparently Atlanta native and uh, his script for this so far is fantastic and seems very well studied in the Loki 
and like the Loki, you know, lore that Marvel Comics has created, along with um, just a lot of like the big celestial, you know, time variance authority, like big picture stuff that uh, from Marvel Comics, which is really cool to watch. Is there a buff Kumail in it yet? No. <laughs> I want to see a Kumail that could kill me. <laughs> there will be a Richard D. Grant, though, apparently, which is uh, very exciting to, to think about what he'll be doing. Richard D. Creator. Richard hey. E. Grant. Oh, um, never yeah, it's a, it's a super fun show. Real entertaining. You can find it every Wednesday now um, on Disney+. And uh, it is my current summertime live-action drama favorite i don't know what to call it dramedy it's a superhero thing yeah it's superhero a superhero its own, its own thing the um, most recent episode pulled like a, a true detective you know uh you know paul thomas anderson like a huge long take uh for the final sequence of the episode and it was pulled off pretty well and it ended on a huge like cliffhanger so by the time you're listening to this episode four is already out and i hope you've already seen it i know i have um because i gotta know what happens richard e grant what does what else is he in? Uh, Richard he Entertainment Grant. That's Richard Entertainment Grant. He uh, he's kind of like an indie darling, but he was in um, Gosford Park. He was a like a lot of people really became aware of him, um, and like he you know fell into like the the press's good graces with Can You Ever Forgive Me? He's also in With Nail and I. I'm just reading his IMDb. Got I it. admittedly. I don't know him all that well, <laughs> um, but I've heard, like, from what I have seen him in, he was in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, um, he was also in a series of unfortunate events. Look at that. Um, he's in Game of Thrones but, at one point, apparently. He's in Baro. Yeah, I don't know if that He's in is. Spice World, the Spice Girls movie he's, from 1997. He's a prolific actor. Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah he's, he, he's been he a doing lot a lot for a while. Um He's but also a British like actor, a, so he's got a lot of British movies. But exactly, uh, didn't didn't cut it over here. Yeah, in American Not real world. movies. Yeah, until he gets drew. put into a, a Marvel property. Then it's the yeah. Moon. Watch Loki. It's Tom Hiddleston. Super fun to watch. I'm not, you know, it's I, I his performance as Loki. I've warmed up to significantly over time, and him getting his own show like this. Also, oh, we should also mention this, another flex. Uh, the Time Variance Authority is just based off the Marriott Marquis in downtown Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It is just that one sequence when they enter in and you see the big, like, elevators and, like, the, the, the statues. The statues aren't there, but you just see it. You're like, oh, this is Dragon Con. So I'm jealous of everyone going to Dragon Con this <laughs> year directly after Loki when I can imagine there's going to be a lot of TVA agents there, which... Totally cool. They have cool uniforms. The Marriott Marquis also went to our high school. The Marriott yeah. Marquis went to our high school. <laughs> he was a jerk. <laughs> he used to <laughs> shove me into a trash can. <laughs> um, speaking of comics books, uh, I got a comic that I've been reading. I've been reading a lot of the past two days because the trailer for the series came out and it absolutely rips. And so I was like, dang, I better read this real quick. So I've been reading Chainsaw Man for about two days straight. I'm a little over halfway through it. Um, I feel pretty good uh, recommending it. In fact, if I'm telling you right now, there's a manga called Chainsaw Man, and you aren't turning the episode off and going and reading it right now just based on the title alone, 
Um, this rest, I really can't help you. This is that's that's the endorsement. There's a, there's, a, there's a series called Chainsaw Man that is exactly what it sounds like, and you can go read it right now on the Shonen Jump app. Uh, for those of you who aren't sold, we, I truly do not understand you, but I will I'll go into more detail. Uh, it's the story of a kid named Denji. Uh, I don't believe he has a last name. Uh, he is basically homeless. He's living in like a corrugated tin shack with his pet devil. It was like a little dog chainsaw puppy thing. Living in a shotgun uh, shack. <laughs> you, you may find yourself. A little dingy shack. He's <laughs> in a dingy shack. Uh, it takes place in basically the real world, except there's devils, and they plague humanity. And you got to go fight them if they you know, get all up in your business. Uh, and that's what he does. He works for the Yakuza. He kills devils for the Yakuza. Uh, and they take all his money he gets from killing devils and make him live in poverty to pay off a debt. And he just lives in the shack, and there's no, there's no, I'm gonna be the Hokage, there's no, I'm gonna be Pirate King. Denji from Chapter One is like, boy, it would be nice to try jam on bread one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like his, like his, his stretch goal is like, it'd be cool to hang out with a girl, but I can't do that <laughs> because I, I don't shower. I live in a shack. Like if I do, if I leave the Yakuza, they'll kill me. Uh, he has just like the, just the worst life. Uh, but it gets a lot worse because the Yakuza decide they're done with them and they chop them up in tiny pieces and put them in a dumpster. Um, <laughs> End of series. And, and that's pretty, yeah. <laughs> and then he's laying there and he's like, boy, I don't even need jam as long as I can go back to my shack. And so his little pet devil, Pochita, uh, is like, hey, I'll help you out. Just show me those jam dreams. And becomes his heart and revives him. And he comes back to life with the ability to turn into a chainsaw devil. It was a half man, half devil, mostly chainsaw monster with a chainsaw for a head and chainsaws for her arms. And he hacks up devils. He hacks up the Yakuza that's basically imprisoned him. And he's free of debt. He's out of the world. And then the government comes in and says, hey, we're taking you. And you're going to fight devils for us. And you got to deal with it, which is like a horrible deal. Uh, but he's like, I get to sleep inside, hooray! And like, he's, <laughs> his, 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 his dreams are realized when he gets to eat solid food and sleep in a bed. He gets so to find like, himself behind the wheel of a large automobile. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're straight up like, you gotta kill devils for us, and if you don't, we'll kill you. And he's like, sounds good, I get to eat food. <laughs> it's like, he's so humble, it's great. Let's see, they bring him back to the, uh, the the headquarters, and there's lots of fun characters. There's a guy named Aki who's perpetually very tired. Uh, there's a blood fiend. He was like a, a corpse possessed by a devil named Power. He's a girl with like devil horns, and she can make weapons from blood. There's a lady named Makina, Makina uh, who is just real shady, but kind of the object of his affection. And then there's mm-hmm. lots of other devil hunters. And the way devil hunting works is because if you don't have a devil for your heart, like most people do, uh, you have to go find a devil. Luckily, the government has a bunch of them imprisoned and make a deal with them to get their power. So you could be like, hey, fox devil, I want to use your power. And the fox devil's like, all right, what are you going to give me? And so like all the devil hunters are like missing an arm or missing an eye or missing skin or something because they made a deal with the devil to use their power. So it's a pretty cool power system because everyone's like got a messed up part in exchange for sweet devil powers. Uh, and then he and his friends go out and he's just basically a feral kid who chops up devils with his chainsaw body and that's that's the manga uh, but I will say like whereas I feel like we talked about Jujutsu Kaisen it's like a very uh, 
polished, very distilled, like perfect form of shonen. Mm-hmm. This is like what can what weird, cool adult story can we tell within this medium? Like it's it's very transformative. I feel like I feel like there's a lot you can read into almost everything. Like the it's it, there's probably there's a lot of subtext about like adolescence. Like there's a scene where they go out to a bar and it's like shot very unnerving, not shot, drawn very unnervingly and like there's people hooking up and like getting drunk and it's very like frightening and like you could probably read a lot into like a kid who suddenly has a chainsaw body and suddenly is in the adult world and suddenly is facing these things. There's, there's, there's symbolism everywhere. Uh, <laughs> like after he gets jam on bread, he's like, all right, my goal is accomplished. What's next? I want to touch a breast. And that's like his goal for like 10 chapters. It's just like, I've never touched a breast before. I bet it'd be great. <laughs> and he just, I don't know. Um, it's a very interesting take on the genre. They do a lot of cool things with it. The art's beautiful. The best part has got to be the expressions. Like, the, the bread and butter of Chainsaw Man is... The jam and butter. Or jam and bread. The, the jam and bread of Chainsaw <laughs> Man is him doing some weird crap as Chainsaw Man. And then, like, a whole page of just side characters looking on and all <laughs> with, like, weird expressions. <laughs> uh, it absolutely reps. And it's getting an anime uh, at some point by MAPPA, who did... Jutsu Kaisen, Doro Hetero, um, Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. Like, you know, all radish mainstays. So uh, it's only 100 chapters. You can read it in a couple days. Uh, get in now because, boy, is this a fun story. I uh, want to co-sign because I have got in now. And it is, as a, a fan of, you know, the shonens we just mentioned, uh, it is so nice and so refreshing to have a, a, a shonen hero who just – wants the simplest things in life and he immediately well okay the touching a a breast is not the simplest thing in life i, mean, I will say like, but <laughs> maslow's hierarchy of needs it's at the bottom like, yeah like that's the thing is that just like everything he wants in like a short time span he gets within like two or three chapters and it's just so refreshing because it's like there's all this freedom he's like i don't what do i want now and just, he just like wants everyone, a beautiful like, house, a beautiful wife. What else? What else is there to ask for? <laughs> How did he get here? He's just <laughs> the, like, he, I, from what I understand, he asks that question a lot. How did I get here? All of all of his coworkers are like, you have to have conviction and goals to be a devil hunter. And he's just kind of like, hey, well, I, I like sleeping I get to inside. Sleep in a bed. Having, yeah, <laughs> he, li- and he it's likes just it, like he likes things same as it ever was. Same as it ever. <laughs> all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Letting the days go by. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've been I've what thirteen chapters in so far, and it is it's super entertaining. I love the premise. I thought when the trailer dropped, I had could have sworn that like oh everyone's excited about season two of Chainsaw Man because I just like I thought I'd seen that it was already out. But I think I'm thinking of that one uh, anime that came out with the guy where it had a, a gun for a head. Sailor no Moon. guns, life. Yeah, no Sailor Moon. Life. It's not not Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I That's think I, I I'd confused the two because I mean they it is about two men who have weapons for heads, but it is nice that to see that Denji could just like pull it. You know, he's fine after a little while. Um, it's yeah, really easy die. to understand. Really easy to pick up. The uh, uh, Denji is. This might be the closest. And uh, thinking about now, this might be the closest property or manga we have that's like the master. <laughs> I was I was about to say he's Joaquin Phoenix from the master. He's just he's 
he is pure id in a world of like complex. He's just like I don't care. Just touch like, I just want this. <laughs> I, I'm so glad you said that. I was about. I was like, I'm gonna drop a master reference on Sean. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to. Ah. I'm already sold. I'm in. This this had me like, of all the of all the an this should okay to help Will sell this. Of all the animes and mangos we've talked about on this show, this was the one to convince me to get a Shonen Jump subscription. <laughs> Best uh, deal in I, town. I'm, it truly is, and I'm very happy that I did. I need to yeah. I need to watch it. Thing is, I dropped my phone in in the sink. The only thing at this point is the water's holding me down. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, I'm done. That that was that was. Tyler's getting muted the rest of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, dinosaurs. This is a new segment I'm calling Radish Investigates. It's like a nightlight. (laughs) We're gonna get to the bottom of some crap. Namely, there are certain interests that I feel like are universally shove that to us as kids like they're on the pajamas they're on you know plates and silverware and then i feel like there's a point in time where it becomes uncool to be really into these things Mm -hmm. um and it might become cool later we can decide on that but what age did it become uncool to stop being really into dinosaurs Hmm. see this one's a tough one because um and i feel like the the archaeologists who listen to this podcast are going to scoff at me. Sorry, All archaeologists. Um, but <laughs> I feel like <laughs> dinosaurs, super popular, Jurassic Park, right? I, you yeah. know, two We're kids in the nineties. Three, three came out in the early two thousands too, right? So yeah, um, I saw it in theaters. But I also didn't see Jurassic Park. I have no nostalgia for Jurassic Park as a child. Oh, well, I only I'm watched the first like. Here. 40 minutes of Jurassic Park because I got scared of the Dilophosaurus and I stopped watching and I it, it, still am unsure if I've seen that movie completely. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. But, yeah. But, and yet, and yet I had a lot of plastic dinosaurs and a lot of books on dinosaurs <laughs> and a lot of pajamas with dinosaurs on them. And yet I feel like at some point we're just expected to not have a favorite dinosaur anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, if it's if it's if it's the same as when Yu-Gi-Oh stopped being cool, I can tell you exactly when. And it was third grade <laughs> because I brought my Yu-Gi-Oh cards to school and asked my friend if he wanted to play Yu-Gi-Oh, and he looked at me dead in the eyes and said, "I don't play Yu-Gi-Oh" in front of the whole class. Oh. I got so upset. <laughs> Telling him threw his cards in the ocean. <laughs> what year was that? Third grade. That was. Th- that couldn't have been third grade. Third grade, I feel like that's when Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon... No, because I played Yu-Gi-Oh in middle school. And I was not holding on to Yu-Gi-Oh by any means. <laughs> middle school was when there was a guy that we referred to as the Yu-Gi-Oh kid. So I know that <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh was uncool in middle school. Just coming Yu-Gi-Oh into was. town, Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> kid is here. Well, it's because he got into a fight. He got into a fight, and his Yu-Gi-Oh cards went everywhere. So it's like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh kid! Thank God, phone like phone cameras didn't exist because that child would have been famous to this day. I did not remember this kid at all. If he got splayed out, and his... he was he was it, the Yu-Gi-Oh kid story is like that 
uh, story, the Cars 2 story, where the guy has the beans, beans and he spills beans on himself. They're like, yeah. that motherfucker brought beans to Cars 2. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <This guy laughs> beans. You, the Yu-Gi-Oh kid. Oh I my feel God, like... I hope he's okay. He's probably not. But <laughs> probably so not. He's probably not. Um, he lost I... all of his Exodia cards over the, uh, <laughs> over the deck of the ship. I feel like there's just like... An age Hell where we magician. stop getting it, like, well, like you said, like, you know, like dinosaurs, uh, construction equipment, monster <laughs> trucks. I feel like all this, like, I used to, like, I had a joke about, like, man, it's great that we don't have to choose our lifelong careers as, you know, kindergartners because we'd have so many construction workers, train engineers. Honestly, we should, uh, but we have, like, train engineers, construction workers, monster truck drivers. And uh, those are all good trades. Archaeology. They're yeah. great trades that are lacking right now. This was an outdated. This is an outdated joke. I realized. Well, like <laughs> I feel like it's by the point you start becoming like into like like properties. I think like my fascination with like dinosaurs ended when I got like into Star Wars. And like sure there was like Shark Week, but then and I was uh, into snakes and sharks as a kid. And I thought those were really cool. But then, like, Animal nope. Planet started just playing messed up bullshit. And I was like, well, I don't want to watch the that. The Puppy anymore. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not the, I, I'm older than that, unfortunately. But, like, they would play, like, Nature's Most Extreme. And I was like, this is cool and all, but I just want to watch, like, footage of, like, sharks doing shit. And then it became, like, Discovery Channel's whole thing that was, like, Shark Week is here. And I was like, okay, I get it. I mean now, but now sharks Discovery kill Channel's maybe people doing sharks their jobs. kill less people each year than vending machines. So we need to equal it we out. We need a vending machine week. It's vending we need a vending machine week. week. We need a bear week. But like, I, I also wanted to attribute this because I'm, I'm sure kids are into dinosaurs now. That's great. We're learning more and more about dinosaurs every day. PBS Eons is a great YouTube channel that you can learn about prehistoric animals. Super fascinating. Excellent. But I feel like when friends premiered and they had their dweebiest most wimpy most annoying character be an archaeologist <laughs> who just barely mentioned that maybe once or twice in the season ross said he was an archaeologist and they mentioned dinosaurs but i still think just like when you associate that character with dinosaurs everyone's like gotta cut it not not cool so anymore. ross ross from friends was what was ended big... dinosaurs being cool he was put there by big tech to be like, hey, kids, yeah, exactly. Be a digital strategist. By Don't big be a sarcasm <laughs> and big Hollywood. To be like, he's the dweeby guy. But these fucking, other fucking guys. Ross from Friends and the Yu Gi Oh kid. The arbiters of the, that's the end of that's the That's the title of the episode. Is Ross from Friends <laughs> and the Yu Gi Oh kid. <laughs> there it is. We have a certain, uh, I don't know if you've listened or you've caught up. We have a certain uh, template for these episode titles. So. <laughs> yeah, we do. What's the, there's that one? Um, I'm gonna look him up. Dan, I think it's like Dan Levy. What's his name? Dan Casey. Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek. Yes, <laughs> he also loves dinosaurs. I already mentioned Dan Casey. There's oh, I really want to remember him. He has a really great bit online about like he's just like doing crowd work and he's asking the audience their favorite dinosaurs and it's full of adults and like he's just Dan laying. The, no, it's, it's hardcore history. Oh God, I I gotta find this name. If if I do, Danny I'll Phantom. I'll reply to this tweet, to the the episode tweet. 
Um, but he's just laying people to shreds because people go like, he's like, okay, what's your favorite dinosaur? And someone goes, Velociraptor! Obviously, because Jurassic Park fucking melted our brains. In reality, Velociraptor is the size of a goose, and you could easily <laughs> just beat those things to he's shit. Gatekeeping like, dinosaurs? Okay. I he's would like to see you He's fight not gatekeeping dinosaur. I'd like to see you he's... fight a goose. No, here's the thing. The, the Velociraptors that we know... In like in, I in Jurassic the question Park, if Sean never are, grew up. This. <laughs> they're they're actually Utah Raptors. That's what they're called. As right. From what I understand, Velociraptors are more like those little guys that you saw at the beginning of uh, the Lost World. Remember that? Who where ate that, that little girl? girl was yeah. like, yeah, uh, where she scared eating. the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Not to say like those things in groups, they're horrifying. But those were Velociraptors. Like if you look up a Velociraptor skeleton, they were about the size of a duck. Um, which maybe we stop being into dinosaurs when we first get bit by a duck and we realize how terrifying <laughs> large birds are. Um, but like there's from when we were growing up, we had so many misconceptions about dinosaurs than we like have since been like corrected. We've and a lot of them, some. again, Jurassic Park fun franchise, Michael Crichton put a lot of shit in there that was not accurate. Uh, and, but I guess it's just what we knew at the time. Um, so the takeaway is you can write a story about anything as long as... And you can, you can for generations to come, mess up a bunch of kids and we just make it convincing enough. Entirely. The Michael Crichton effect. We're like, oh yeah, the Titanic <laughs> had wheels. Prove <laughs> 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 me wrong. I'm Michael Crichton. Yeah, I was going to say that I feel like you get out of dinosaurs once you start like meeting other children is <laughs> like kind of the touching grass touching grass <laughs> once you like go to school and have like shared interests and stuff i feel like these kind of general like kids will love dinosaurs and trucks kind of go away once you have like friends and stuff and, and you, you have like forth. toys and like things to play with together and yeah you're playing with like micro machines or hot wheels and like uh I did want to specify there is that differentiation between uh, the kids who touch grass and play outside and the kids who <laughs> eat grass and now ride horses. <laughs> and are Disney adults. Um, yeah, I I stopped liking dinosaurs when I started liking... I, I think Sean hit the, nail, or hit, hit the nail on the head here and saying, you know, in developing other interests. I think when I started watching The Sopranos, that all kind of <laughs> fell to the wayside. <laughs> I think... I think Dinosaurs are just one of like the ten placeholder personalities that babies get. Just, yeah. You're gonna like dinosaurs. You're gonna like trucks. I hope you're into the Packers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love monster trucks, man. I had there was a whole video series. I don't know if y'all remember this, but there's a whole video series of there goes a and it was like oh, there, yeah. goes a, there goes a monster truck, there goes a dump truck, and it was just like twenty minutes or I don't remember how long. For me at the time it was the longest thing I'd ever watched. Um, but it was like, there goes a monster truck. The and you just like, for kids. Yeah. <laughs> you just watch like this guy, like these people just like talk about monster trucks. And it was the coolest shit. And I threw it on all the time. Lionel Coinbank, Lionel Coinbank. <laughs> yeah. Now kids have Lululemon. I, I think that's a little younger for the age group. <laughs> Wait. No, Lululemon, it's Five Nights the... at... No, that might be a little older. But I was going to say it might be Lululemon, Five Lululemon, the yoga pants brand? Yeah, the athleisure brand. Lulu, you're thinking Coco Melon. Coco Melon. <laughs> Lulu Lemon, the yoga pants brand. <laughs> kids, kids, 
kids love athleisure wear. <laughs> kids and their Lulu women. It sounds the same. <laughs> Ryan's world. <laughs> um, I just I don't know. Yeah, I just I I, when I, did I, it start I would... being cool again, and not just because we have a podcast network that's dinosaur themed. I think it starts starts being cool once it becomes like counterculture. When you're just like, yeah, I'm really into dinosaur. I feel like you have to be, you have to be cool about. Well, as with any interest, yeah, you can't be like, you, ha- you want to hear about dinosaurs? Yeah, I guess you have to know a little bit more than the average bear as far as dinosaurs go. Like, Sean right. could be a dinosaur fan because of his very long, convoluted conversation about velociraptors. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, yes. I, I, I want it to be, I want it to be uh, put to the record. I'm still not a casual fan about anything, so I haven't hit that point yet. Okay. I'm not cool I about anything that I like. I don't know a ton about dinosaurs. Just that they're so damn sexy. Um <laughs> That's the one thing I know about dinosaurs. Is, mm. uh, I just read no longer the up. allowed at Fernbank. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, apparently, stegosauruses have beautiful singing voices. <laughs> Stegosauri. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I just imagining like walking into like a fern bank and someone sitting on a bench in front of one of the the dino- the fossil skeletons and they're just like Titanic style drawing a very sexy dinosaur. I was gonna say <laughs> just got it out. Just, <laughs> just like people are like walking behind like this is like we something has to be done. You should leave. What is <laughs> you need to leave. You need to leave. What does that dinosaur have human breasts? <laughs> It did not have fishnets in the Paleolithic era. Just doing the tour, the guy just like looks at you and goes, "Oh no, it's the guy who always asks about the dinosaur genitals." <laughs> not in front of today's group. <laughs> did you find out anything last night? It's <laughs> once. <laughs> What? Any updates? Just imagine, like the same guy returning to the group the next yeah, day, just like coming back every day want... asking for. <laughs> Did you break any new ground? It's like we got to stop him from poking his head behind the guardrail to peek at the animatronics because he won't see anything and he'll be disappointed. Any updates? <laughs> Um, Buddy, they won't let me sleep with the dinosaurs. <laughs> Wish monster trucks were still cool, because, man, those are fun. <laughs> no one's saying they're not anymore, dude. Give me a, give me a Jim Cotta with monster trucks. Uh, who, are the, who are the monster trucks? There's Gravedigger, there's Bigfoot. Scooby-Doo. What's <laughs> his name? Scooby-Doo. There's some Scooby-Doo monster trucks. <laughs> monster trucks are some of the only vehicles we refer to like they're people. <laughs> oh, There's Steven, Terrence. Famous monster trucks. Jake from Gravedigger. <laughs> Gravedigger, Bigfoot. There we go. Captain's Curse, Blue Thunder, Monster Mutt. Oh, Monster Mutt was great. 
Find me a monster truck that doesn't sound like an energy drink. <laughs> or a gas station penis pill. <laughs> El Toro I took Gravedigger tonight. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Lucas Oil Crusader. <laughs> Predator was the one I was thinking of. Predator was the orange one, I believe. He had like an orange. Mm. Uh, Swamp Thing. The WCW Nitro Machine. I do remember that one. Uh, yeah, next episode we'll do Monster Trucks in the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> I'll get really into Monster Trucks over the week. Um, <laughs> folks, that's going to that's gonna be our time. Uh, we're getting the light from the guy backstage, so we got to hop off. Uh, <laughs> enjoy Eliza Schlesinger. Um, I've been Will. This has been episode 162 of Radish. Uh, you can find me at Will from Online. Uh, I also do a, a Naruto podcast where we're watching Naruto. I'm watching it for the first time. Uh, I don't like it. No, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> where can we it. find y'all? Uh, Believe it. I've been Sean. Uh, you can find me at that Sean Barry on Twitter and Sean and Barry everywhere else. I have an Instagram for my record collection, which I need to update, <laughs> uh, called Idiotechnica. Um, I also am the namesake for our sideshow, The Chandring, which is taking a brief break until the Halloween season, which will go through the rest of the Conjuring cinematic universe. Please continue in the Discord to send uh, recommendations of movies that you want us to watch, like Mal, holy shit, Annabelle's Wish, totally forgot about that movie. We'll do it. it. It's Annabelle's, there's an Annabelle in it. And it's called Annabelle, so we're going to count it among the, the Conjuring Cinematic Universe. So that that'll be Christmas time. That made the list, time. but Phantom of the Opera did not. Look, I'm not watching Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I'll watch every single one of you before I watch I'll, Phantom of the Opera. We'll, we'll sneak it on him, Tyler. We'll be like, okay. oh, we're going to talk about La Llorona, but actually, we're talking about <laughs> the love story like a cat between... in the bath. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm Tyler. You can find me online at Tyler from Radish. You can find the podcast online at Radish Pod. Check out Indiesaurus on Twitter at Indiesaurusnet and online, Indiesaurus.com. We actually just welcomed a new show onto the network, Cellar Dwellers. A uh, really great show that deep dives into like extreme horror movies. Uh, we actually just met them for the first time the other week, and I could not get Sean to stop talking about horror films with them. Uh, <laughs> great people. Coolest guys. Um, I've really met cool one guys. of them. I've apparently met Christian, one of the hosts, already before, and I. Yeah, what an impression he left. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm, ex- I'm excited uh, to be hopefully a guest on their show because I do love extreme horror movies. Also, so I will be. I am an instant fan of this show. Yeah, check them out. Check them out. Uh, Indiesource.com. And for Tyler's question of the episode. Um. Okay, so it was just announced this week. Uh, I forget the name of the guy, the actor in it, who uh, apparently was making decisions for the Fast and the Furious franchise. There's been talks about them doing a speaking of dinosaurs, a crossover. I believe Vin Diesel Jurassic. said that, didn't he? Was it Tyrese? It wasn't Vin Diesel. It was Tyrese Gibson. Um, just Tyrese. There was talking talks about a, a crossover between Jurassic Park and and Fast and the Furious, which would be awesome. But Tyrese Gibson came out and said, "No, no, no, we don't want to do that. We want to do a crossover with Transformers, which would also be awesome." But what would, in your mind, be the most hilarious or awesome Fast and Furious crossover? Mad Max. Easy. That makes sense. 
Stuart Little. <laughs> Stuart Little. I was about to say Dunstan checks in, but I think Stuart that's, Little is probably even better with his little that's car. That's where he flies the or flies just the, the sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> Planet Earth. Uh, Stuart Little's parents walked into an orphanage and picked a mouse. <laughs> I will never forget. Stuart Little, welcome to the familia. We'll never forget where I was when I learned that. <laughs> These are hitting me and late. He's man. looking over, and Stuart Little's driving the car next to him, and he nods. <laughs> pulls out and goes through like a sewer grate. I can't wait to be you again, Stuart Little. <laughs> We just gotta end it there. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. What's uh, a made sale? <laughs> Not a bad Michael J. Fox. But yet, we have no bananas. We have no bananas today.